0: Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialists.
1: And welcome to the clinic. Jeff Kowal is your host every week. I'm Paul Kronforst on WISM and WIBA in Madison. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Paul. How are you? I'm good. And I want to mention... We're live. Yes, Thanksgiving weekend. It is Small Business Saturday. I mentioned to Jeff and our guest, Carol Richson, who is in studio. Welcome back, Carol.
2: Thanks, Paul. Good to be here.
1: How was your Thanksgiving?
2: It was great. We were up north, (laughs) and uh, it was quiet. Just me and my husband, so... Thankful for quietness. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: it, I love Thanksgiving. Great holiday. Hope all of our listeners enjoyed your time. This is a one of those weekends where a lot of people are out shopping, Jeff, and we are live during the retirement clinic, which means we can take your questions, and it seems when Carol is on, who is a retired public affairs specialist with the Social Security Administration. Is that right? That's correct. So... That means you've got social security questions, line them up, because we get busy usually on the phones. And she
3: knows all things social security, whether it's disability or retirement or... And she's yeah, and she's she's nodding. So yes, so that's a good thing. So any questions that you have about Social Security, wh- whether you're claiming or your spouse is claiming, questions like that. If you have any questions, give us a call. The chances are others have the same issue that you have.
1: Uh, the age, when does it start? What's best for you? Uh, we get all types of questions on so you know. Um, Jeff mentioned the spouse too. one spouse dies. How does that right. all work? Uh, let's open up phone lines right now. And obviously, we generally get retirement questions every week, Jeff. So if those roll in, you'll take Absolutely. those. Absolutely. And we can address those. Uh, Jeff is president of the COAL Investment Group, the retirement specialist. The phone number to call is 799-1130. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414 799 Let's start with Social Security questions. We've got lines wide open. I would advise calling in right now. We'll get you on hold. And Carol Ritson, who has been on the show, how many years now? Probably 15 years almost, I was I'm say, sure. I
2: was thinking, yeah, 15, 18, something like that. For Did you long? go
1: back to the old building with us over there? Or? No. Okay, here. <laughs> yeah, I started yeah. I was here. I judge everything by that because...
3: I started the show in 2001, so that's 18 years ago. So I figured it was, it was shortly after that that okay. you and I started.
1: Well, it's great to started have started you back, bringing girl. you in
3: here. It is always good. And she's always got a great insight and a good perspective on Social Security and Social Security Administration as well.
1: The COAL Investment Group has a great website. It is com. K O W A L. Make sure you spell that right. com with offices in Waukesha, Port Washington, Madison, Middleton. Phoenix, Arizona, and your latest location, Racine or Mount Pleasant.
3: That's right. And the clients are surprised, and it's really very convenient. It's 10 minutes away from most places on the south side of Milwaukee, but also for Kenosha, Racine, Mount Pleasant, all those areas over there. Um, And we can schedule appointments there. Uh, Great locations. Um, And, you know, it's it's interesting, even on on, um, – holiday weekends, people are still thinking about their retirement. Uh, Markets are up dramatically for the year. You're thinking about, you know, should you be retiring? Should you look at retiring in 2020? And how does Social Security fit in with your retirement plans? Things are changing in Social Security, and Carol wants you to start. Why don't we start with just an uh, update? Paul, did you have anything else? Otherwise, we're going to start with uh, updates for 2020 on Social Security.
1: Outside of talking about you know, Packers, Badgers, and how was your turkey? No, I'm, no, ready, good. To, I'm
2: ready to go. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Paul. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, everybody I'm sure by now knows the cola was 1.6. Uh, the new Medicare B premium is one thirty five fifty. That's the standard Medicare B premium, and obviously, if you know you've got a higher income, you may have. Wait, to what pay. was
1: the? Fr- I'm sorry, to back up. What was your first thing you mentioned? The what?
2: The cost of living. Oh, the COLA. I and thought that,
1: you said COLA.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Like, what is what? It was cola. The COLA,
1: the cost of living. Yes, yes. got it. And it okay. was one
2: one point six. Okay, got it. Uh, maximum earnings that you'll pay FICA tax on this year, well, 2020, is 137700 seven seven hundred.
3: It's interesting. With it, with uh, uh, salaries rising, incomes rising, I think more and more people are going to hit that maximum, blow through that maximum. Uh, so that means you contribute uh, for Social Security um, up until you make $137,700. Beyond that, you don't contribute Correct. to Social Security, but you still have the Medicare per- premium, right?
2: Right. And it's it's kind of funny because, you know, people look at that as I'm getting a raise now because I don't have to pay FICA tax anymore after I, you know, after I hit that point. So uh, I guess that's the upside to that. Are there changes uh, every year? Well, there's usually a COLA every year. And then the Medicare premium, unfortunately, usually goes up every year. And I know, you know, people aren't happy about that, but... Um, you know the cost of medical care is outrageous. So oh my gosh! It, and it's not going down anytime. No, soon. it isn't. And you know that's kind of the sad thing. So, um, and, you know, and then every year too, the amount you're allowed to earn if you want to work under full retirement age. So if you're going to take your benefits at sixty two and want to do some work, you can earn up to seventeen thousand six hundred and forty dollars before it affects your benefits. And that's
3: going up to what?
2: Uh, eighteen. I'm sorry, eighteen thousand two hundred and forty for twenty twenty. Okay. So if you're going to work and earn below that, it doesn't make any difference. You don't have to report it, but if you're going to go over it. And one thing I always like to add to is if in the beginning of the year you think, well, I'm only going to make $15,000, but then they ask you, you know, you do a good job. They ask you to put in extra hours, fill in for somebody on vacation, sick, whatever. If you find in the middle of the year those wages are going to go up, you can call the eight hundred number and report the wages at that time. So if you're not sure in the beginning of the year if you're going to go over or not, it's not a big deal. You can always call later and adjust that.
3: Yeah, and it's up to up to eighteen thousand two hundred forty that that you can make. So a lot of times when we're talking with clients about retiring, and we're saying, well, I might still work part time and I might make twenty thousand dollars. Well, twenty thousand probably right. still makes sense to claim Social Security because even if you go over and you you have to you lose one dollar benefits for every uh, two that you earn, that also increases your social... So you don't lose it. You get it back later on, don't right. you?
1: Is it fairly... This is a lifestyle question. Fairly okay. common after retirement that people work part-time hours, take on a part-time job, and just make, like you said, 15 to 20K a year. How common is that?
2: I think it's pretty common. And I, You know, and I've done it. I retired and then I went out and did retail. Like right, so you're like, still doing radio shows like a and lunatic. stuff like Well, this. the radio show is you know this is kind of fun, especially compared to retail. But you know for all those for all those folks that work retail and and for those that haven't, like be kind. It's a, it's oh, a I'm, especially this weekend. Everybody
1: should be forced in their lifetime to either be uh, a waiter, a, waitress, a bartender, yes. a waitress, uh, a busboy, yes. something. In my parents owned a restaurant for five years, uh, and when you see that side of it, yes. I'm telling you, I tip generously. Even if yep. it's a bad waitress, my, I still, my daughter
2: was a waitress and they have
1: bad days. They get treated poorly. They do, so, and this is small business Saturday. We should mention So it is.
2: Be nice, it, right? And I, you know, I just think it's it's important. And you know, if you want to go out there and do something and earn a couple extra bucks, for me, it's my mad money. You know, I use that to travel. I spend probably most of it on my grandkids doing stuff with them. Um, but if that's what you want to do, or sometimes just to keep yourself from going crazy when the weather's like this, you to
1: get it. out and do a little part-time job. Keep yourself job.
2: busy. In
3: you know your right. case, Carol, it's a little too late.
2: I know. I know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. That's okay. We're friends. I can say that. <laughs> that's right. Um, but it, it is that. the social security is an important part of the planning process, whether you take it early, whether you take it later on, whether you're still working. Uh, those are all important issues. Any other things with regard to 2020 that we should know about?
2: Well, one thing I do want to mention, and I always bring this up, and I'm sure some people are sick of listening to me about it, but the whole scam thing, they're getting worse and worse and worse all the time. On,
1: uh, on the phone or the, or the Internet?
2: The, well, mainly the phone. Okay. And, you know, people are getting calls, and it's like, oh, your Social Security number is going to be suspended, and this is going to happen. I keep getting calls lately that, well, we know you want to file for disability, and we want to help you. Really? Who told you that? You know, I tried to, I tried to tell a guy I wasn't disabled and he's like, well, you know, it doesn't have to be a physical disability. And like, <laughs> trust me. Did you give him the whole,
1: <laughs> do you know who you're talking to?
2: Well, I kind of did. I'm not always very nice when those people call and, yeah. and, and I don't I pick have, them up. I
1: mean, if I see an unidentified number, yeah. I just assume it's a telemarketer. And now some
3: of, and now some of the iPhones will, will identify it as a telemarketer.
2: I've noticed
1: is, that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah,
2: my, I have a new one and it doesn't do that, but, you know, I mean, these the, the bad part of these scams is a lot of them are coming from overseas, and so we don't have arresting authority for a lot of those countries. And, you know, there's not really a, a whole lot they can do. They do, on the website, they do have a new um, section where you can report a scam, and it should be right on the home page. So if you, you know, if you're having a problem with that, go in there and report it. And they're really trying to take a hard line and crack down on this.
1: Let me ask you this, Carol. If... Would the Social Security Administration ever call me?
2: Um, if they call you, you know, when I was working there, if I if I call you, I already know your Social Security number. You know, I work there.
1: That's a good yeah. point. Um, yeah. and, and
2: so the only time someone's going to call you and maybe ask you that is if, if you called the office and said, hey, I need to talk to somebody about this on my record. When they call you back, they may ask for your Social Security number so that they can pull your record up. But, you know, if you've got a retirement claim pending or a disability claim pending, they know all that. They're not going to call out of the blue. No one is ever going to suspend your social security number. So don't I, give the number out. Period. Never, period. Ever, never. I don't care how convincing they are. I don't care how nice and kind and helpful they are. That's, or sound, I should say. No, Carol, uh, the,
1: the B, I just want to make sure we're clear on this. That's on the phone with these telemarketers. Exactly. You do have to give your social, like, on a job application. You do. Absolutely. That has to happen. I was right. medical information. Right. I talked about my wisdom tooth being pulled. I had to give that social number, Yep. but that's health information.
2: And, you know, even places like the cable company and that, they're going to want the social. You don't have to provide it to them as you would for an employer, but they can deny you services. And I think a lot of that is they just want to be able to track you down if you don't pay your bill. Um, but, you know, just be really cautious. And I know these people sound convincing and they sound like they really want to help you and they don't. They do they just want to get a hold of your it's number. It's a scam, exactly. But you make
1: a point of bringing this up every time you're on, so it must be happening.
2: It, it is, and I, I, um, you know, I'm on a uh, a web page with a lot of Social Security employees and also retired employees, and they're commenting almost daily on getting calls you know, that uh, your social security number is going to be suspended or we're going to take your benefits away from you and all this nonsense. And
3: Well, Jane got one that said, yeah, and the local cops are going to come and get right. you.
2: And, and, you know, <laughs> honestly, I told one guy, I said, let me just give you a little hint. Nobody ever says that the cops... When that's they, right. You know Not what right. I mean? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's
1: Hey, Barney Feist coming over in five minutes.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the local cops. So like Loc- I said, I, I have a little fun with them, but that's just me because I find them really annoying. Uh, but I do that with telemarketers in general, and I don't know, it's, I get my... A Little bit of aggression. What is it It's
1: an invasion of our privacy. You're calling me on you my know, phone and I'm busy and I would leave like me alone. to
2: answer my phone and talk to somebody that I want to talk to. And honestly, I, I still like having a landline. I'm old fashioned. But probably 90% of the calls I get on there are. Nobody I On talk your
1: landline, to. right? Yes. Yeah, but it does. And, and now
2: it's starting on the cell phone.
1: It too. is. and yeah. oh, just, yeah. just, right. If you, I think it's a setting on the iPhone, but mine does say telemarketer United States. That's what mine usually says, or telemarketer uh, U.S. Something like that. Yeah. And I don't like them. Mine is the latest one. Is Honda? Your warranty is coming to an end soon on your vehicle. We're going to give you getting, one last
2: chance. I've been getting them for oh, yeah. a year. I know. Is a warranty? Me too. I don't want. I don't want. Just and to, the Google Home business. And you know the crazy thing too. I've already pressed the button to talk to somebody, and I said, I don't, have a, I don't have a home business. She hung up on me. So it's like, you know, a reputable business wouldn't do that. They right. would talk to you, and they would take care of the business. So, you know, just be really careful about who you give your info to.
1: Yep, the scam alert. Just be ready for it. Uh, we got a break, but here's what we're going to do. On the Retirement Clinic, Carol Richson, our guest, when we come back, we're going to get these lines fired up for Social Security questions. Carol is a retired public affairs specialist. Any questions on Social Security, the benefits, the when, the who, what, where, why, all of that stuff, give us a call right now with Jeff Kowal. It's the Retirement Clinic on WISN Milwaukee, WIBA in Madison, here is the phone number to call. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414-799-1130. 414-799-1130. Benefit questions, social security questions, you you got them? We got the answers. Carol's got the answers. Jeff's got the answers. Retirement questions are also welcome. Absolutely. And then we'll come right back here on WISN and WIBA. More of the Retirement Clinic
4: coming up. Welcome back to The Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with The Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. Defined benefit pension plans are a dinosaur of the retirement plan world. They were the go-to plan for employers for decades. That started changing in the 1980s when Defied contribution plans like 401K plans started taking off. Defined fine benefit plans became far too complex and costly for employers to keep offering. Now an extremely low percentage of workers are covered by these plans that used to be the norm. Many think these plans are dead. However, they absolutely are not and could be a godsend in the right situation. There are similarities between the defined Pension Plan and the 401k plan. They can still be invested in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and other vehicles. In a 401k plan, the employer and employee determine how much they would like to contribute to the plan. In a defined Benefit Plan, a detailed analysis is done by an actuary, and the contribution is made on your age, income, and other variables, and they're not limited to the same cap as 401k plans. They absolutely are not right in every situation. Big companies with lots of employees will struggle mightily with a defined benefit plan. A company that could benefit from a defined benefit plan could be a closely held small business owner with one or a small number of owners, owners that are typically typically at least 45 years old but can be great for younger ones as well, and relatively fewer and younger employees, uh, excess cash, and an owner who wants to make greater contributions. In an example of an employer who has a solo 401k, they can typically contribute about $50,000 to the 401k plan. However, someone who is nearly 45 may be able to contribute nearly $200,000, which could save nearly $100,000 in federal and state income tax. The contribution limits for these types of plans are huge. We've been implementing these types of plans with clients, and they absolutely work. And our clients have been thrilled to be able to save hundreds of thousands of dollars a year pre-tax. So the money will grow tax-deferred, and you'll get to save on taxes now and choose when and how much to draw from the account later on down the road in a potentially more tax-friendly environment. Give us a call now, and we'll do a free review of your company's retirement plan to determine if a defined benefit pension plan is right in your situation.
1: Aaron Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group with today's Boss Minute, Business, Owners, Savings, and Security. That's a segment we do each week and welcome back to the retirement clinic. We continue Jeff Kowal. We are live on this small business Saturday after Thanksgiving Saturday, or is there another
3: name for this? Well, that's good enough. This plenty of names for it. But yeah, go out and spend money locally. That's a great idea. I, I, I like it. We're that. We're here with Carol Richson too. And she's got, uh, if you have any questions about social security, give us a call. Paul, what are those numbers?
1: The number seven nine nine eleven thirty. 799-1130. <laughs> yes. Social security questions are welcome. When Carol is on, we usually, here's what happens. It starts out a little slow, Carol, mm-hmm. and then we get the first call, and then we end up running out of time. Right. We, we get too many calls, and one person will hear a question like, oh, that, I have a question that's just and like that. you piggyback on it. You got it. Right. So when you talk about Social Security... Uh-huh. Maybe it's what age does it start? Maybe it's, well, I'm getting Social Security now, but what about down the road? And, you know, there's changes every year that Carol updated us on at the beginning of the show. So here's what we're going to do. The rest of the show, wide open, any Social Security questions are welcome. Carol Ritson, how many years were you with the SSA? 38.
2: 38. Oh, another. And I'm still
3: 29. It's amazing. That is remarkable, isn't it? It is not it The math
1: doesn't add up. Uh, well, oh, and I want to the website. We talked about like scams before in the phone, right?
2: It's, it's www.social, www.socialsecurity.gov, and I always harp on the dot gov if it's IRS or HUD or wherever. Make sure you're at a dot gov. Um, you want to file a disability claim, you can start that process online. Go to .gov. Otherwise, you're going to have a bunch of attorneys or whatever so, calling you.
1: socialsecurity.gov. Uh-huh. And our number, and I see calls coming in right now, so we'll get to the calls. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is 414-799-1130. This is News Talk 1130 WISN, WIBA, and Madison. And can we start with David Muskego? Yes, we can. We're going to go to line one. First up, how are you doing, Dave?
5: Yeah, hi, good morning. I have a question here for Carol. Hi there. Uh, I have a little bit of an age difference between my spouse and I. Uh, I'm retired, and uh, we get some money for a child that's under 18. Okay. To the spouse as well. Uh, but are there any occasions when the spouse might not be using that money specifically for the benefit of that child? Is there anything that uh, uh, someone in my position can do to prevent that m- my spouse from inappropriately using money uh, for herself rather than? for the raising of our of our, of our son. Uh, when
2: you I mean, uh, when you get benefits for the children basically that money is intended to be for food and shelter. Yes. So as long as the child has food and shelter, you know a roof over its head, it's being fed, it's being clothed, there's you know you can't really say that the the funds aren't being used properly.
5: I'm not uh, going to Vegas.
2: Well, you know that might be a good use no the problem- the problem is is if if you know if this person is working and bringing some income in or if she's got income coming in from anywhere else, how do you specifically state that you know the the money that's coming in for social security is going for a trip to Vegas as opposed to you know taking care of the child i mean if you know if the electric bill is paid and if there's food and if there's housing, it just makes a really hard case
5: okay, but is there any time when there's a case where you that money uh, can be restricted and and go to the husband uh for that child I mean, generally
2: the money would go to the the uh parent that the child is living with it, just because they generally have all the expenses i mean if you know if that's something
5: well, both 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 parents are living with the, the child here i mean it's just my 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 family uh but i just uh, see some abuse when there's uh you know i'm there's an age difference so my part-time working uh spouse is, is I think taking advantage of the situation a little bit, and I would like to see it going more for. for example, uh, college tuition later, so putting something away for, for him or her, you know? Right. So. You know,
2: it is one of those things, too, that it, you can certainly do that. You can put the money away for college, and there's nothing wrong with doing that. You know, her, and I'm and I'm not taking sides here, so please don't, you know, take this the wrong way. Her argument might be, I need this much money to be able to pay my rent or, you know, pay my monthly expenses. Um you would just kind of have to have some some concrete evidence that she's abusing the money
5: mm-hmm.
2: and um you know then you could go in and talk to somebody in the office
5: okay and would they ever uh restrict that or or um uh keep that from I unless mean, you happened. have
2: something really concrete it's generally not you know sometimes it's kind of a he said she said or it you know it could be bickering amongst a, a couple yes but um you know, I just would. I guess I would say, kind of look at it. And I mean, does this, this does this child live with you part of the time? Yeah, both,
5: both of us. Oh, okay, we're, we're both living. It's a it's an intact family, but uh, I I uh, I have less income now, and I I just want to be very careful on how things are spent. And and it's not like when I wasn't when I was working. Oh, okay.
2: Oh, so I'm sorry. Are you two still married? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. I was under the impression you were divorced. Okay. No. 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 Um, I mean, you could go into an office and uh, file to be payee for the child. What, say that again. You could file to be the payee for the child. I'm assuming right now that your wife is the payee.
5: Well, I. We. It's divided between us. The, she gets seven hundred, and I get seven hundred. But I also get my own social security. So. Uh,
2: the seven hundred she gets. Is she working? Um. Uh, part-time. Okay. I'm assuming the 700 she gets is for her and then there's another 700 for the child.
5: Well, they, uh, well, you know, they ex- explained it to me that it was for the, both, both of them for the parents were for the care of the child. That was the nature of the benefit. Right. And, uh, so that was what pushed me over the edge to take retirement at 62. Cause they said right on your website, uh, or not your website, but the website for social security that, um, uh, it might be to your advantage. Uh, while a child is still under eighteen, uh, to take the advantage
2: of that, uh, right? Because then you of, can yes. get a benefit for the child. If you, you know, if you take your retirement and you have minor children, there is a benefit payable for them.
3: Uh, Dave, if you want to call our office, we can get you in touch with uh, with Carol if you want to follow up on that a little bit more.
2: And that website
1: again. Now he talked about it. I just want to make sure everybody's on the same page. W- SocialSecurity.gov. Socialsecurity.gov. Dave, thank you so much for the phone call. We go to Lita calling from Menominee Falls. We've got Carol Ritson on the program, and we are talking about Social Security, the benefits. Any question you have, welcome. Good morning, Lita. Good
6: Good morning. Uh, the reason I'm calling is I, I get on the phone quite often for different things when I maybe for, for credit cards or so on, but but uh, what they ask seems perfectly safe, name and address, but then they ask for the last four numbers of four my digits.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah, that's common, right
2: right?
6: Yes, and is that dangerous to give them that? : Is this like a
2: credit card that you already have? Yes. Oh, no, not at all then. Uh, that
1: is there, a great there, question, there Lita It
6: can be in other things too that I was going to buy. I know I was on a line with somebody and they asked me for the last four numbers and i've given it a couple times and then the then the next question they said was, "What is your date of birth?" And then I got nervous and I just hung up and said good i don't I don't want to talk to you anymore it
2: would de- you know it would depend on what it was. I mean I had to call my credit card because I had an issue when I was out of the country. And they're always going to ask what are the last four digits, and that's a security thing, so that they're not just giving out information to anybody on your record. And but you again, were
3: calling them too, so you
2: knew exactly, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And again, it's the last four.
6: Yeah. Right. Never it's give out the, whole, the
1: entire social number.
6: I mean, they not know the whole number, just the last right. Four
2: numbers, and I mean, but they know very common. They know your social. Um, so if it's a company that
6: you called or a company that you do business it can be with, either way. Um, if it's the one that that calls me, I don't tell them anything. I hang up right away. Okay, but, but this could be for different things. I'm thinking of, uh, a, yeah, a credit card, and right. but that was the last one. But uh, when when he asked me for my date of birth, I thought then I know then he knows everything about where I live. What sure. Well,
1: and again, if it's a telemarker, Lita, and it's not somebody you currently doing business, just hang up. Right. Just hang up on them.
6: You know. Well, if, that's if it, what I I usually do. And I think, you know, I thought I was pretty safe. But when they started asking another question like they did with my date of birth, I thought, why are they doing this? I I just hung up. The biggest
1: thing, Lita, is the full social number. We talked about it. Never give that out ever on the phone. The last four is something different. When I deal with my benefits coordinator here for for work with any question, it's always the same they thing. They always want that. They always want the last four. Right. Well, of course, and, I give it to them. It's my benefits sure. coordinator. And, and
2: again, if it's somebody that you initiated that contact with or if it's something that you, you know, if it's your mortgage company, if it's your credit card company, if you know who you're talking to, it's fine to do that. It just, you know, you're being cautious, and that's a good thing.
3: Lita, you, uh, you brought up something uh, that you reminded me of years ago about going online, W. Www- w.ssa.gov dot dot mm-hmm. and setting up your account, and I resisted for the longest yes. time. And the weirdest thing about this, just to follow up with Lila, saying, the social Security, when you're trying to request your benefits and set up an account, you have to put your social security number in there. Dude. That's weird to put your social security number into this Social Security Administration. You know, they already have it. But right. it just feels weird doing it online. But they yeah.
2: want to make sure that you are the right person that's supposed to be using that social security number. Because, yep. you know, when you do that My Social Security account, they ask you all those personal questions. Like they may ask you who your mortgage company is. Uh, and it's, it's always multiple choice. And you're, or, you know, which of these companies do you have a credit card with? There's questions like that, and it's really for your protection. But gotta, you're
3: absolutely right to set that up online. It was easy enough to do it. You talk about it every time you come here, and it's a great idea to set it up online. The
2: nice thing, too, is, I mean, you need a benefit statement. You want to change your address. Uh, I had somebody contact me, and they said, hey, what would you suggest? My mom needs an address change, but she's not able to go to an office, and you know, there were issues going on. I've set up a My Social Security account. You can do it online. Okay, you now
1: no, he gave out a site. You give. Are they the same? He said SSA.gov.
2: They prefer that you do Social Security.gov now, spell the whole thing out instead of SSA.gov. Jeff was.
1: was just using the shorter version. Right. But it's the same one
2: it it should get you to the same place just be sure you're at the .gov site you know just do a double check when to you're to be in safe
1: socialsecurity.gov okay uh good stuff Lita. That, and it's a good question now the date of birth is, is yeah it's kind of standard right right but if it's a telemarketer and you're not interested if you don't in anyway just end the conversation. Yeah, I
2: just would hang up yeah. and, you know. Don't,
1: have no problem hanging up don't on Don't worry
2: about hurting somebody's <laughs> feelings if they're trying to steal your money no. or, or steal your identity. Just I, you hang know? up
1: on them. They're yeah. bothering you. They're invading your home. You know, don't
3: I've, you do that for a career poll? I hang yeah. up on people all, every day. <laughs>
2: You wanna get
1: on the show? <laughs> no, <Nah>, good luck. <laughs> Not
2: happening.
1: It's fun to do. It's kinda of liberating, right? Let's go back to the phones. Well, We've that, get, that, now we're getting busy. Carol, I told you. Once people hear time. other questions, then you come up with your own. And you don't necessarily have to be retired. You might want to be planning ahead about social security. Our guest Carol Richson is the retired public affairs specialist with social security and this is Curtin Brookfield. Good morning, Kurt.
0: Hi, good morning. I have morning, a question Kurt. about Medicare. Um, it's my understanding that That once you get on Medicare, if you have a pre-existing condition, um, you won't be able to switch insurance companies. Um, Is that correct?
2: I'm not sure what you're asking about switching insurance companies. Are
0: you talking about the supplement plans?
2: Yeah, I mean, are you talking about uh, some of the, uh, not the standard Medicare, but going to the other ones?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm sorry, I should have said supplemental, um, you know, insurance, like, for instance, we picked up an insurance company, Physicians Mutual, which we're very happy with, by the way, but my wife has a pre existing condition, and they, you know, I said, well, is there an opportunity to switch to a different? company, and we found out that, no, you can't do that.
2: Right. You know, the, the, the beauty of going on Medicare when you're, you know, when you're 65 or whenever you're ready to go on, if, obviously if you're still working and you have insurance through the employer or your spouse has employer insurance, you don't have to take it at 65, but when you do go on Medicare, they don't hold a preexisting condition against you, and also if you try to get a Medicare supplement, they don't hold it against you, but you're right, if you try to switch that, they do look at underwriting.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of misleading. They really never tell you that once you get on Medicare until you find out later.
3: It's um, confusing. There are a lot of options. And,
0: right. Well, it's with all the talk about pre-existing conditions today, I don't think people really think about that. And, uh, you know, we wanted to look for an insurance program where you could move around anywhere basically within the United States or, you know, in essence, the world, I guess, Right. and be able to be covered. But um, you really have to consider what your lifestyle is going to be like before you actually retire. Yep. Yeah. You know, and the other
2: thing too is Medicare does not pay anything if you're out of the country.
3: That's what I was going to say. That yeah, a lot of the plans right. now have uh, standard Something overseas coverage. Them. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think people travel more, and, you know, they, they kind of look at those things. But it it is something to really, you know, make sure that you're getting what you want if you've got the preexisting condition. And sometimes the hard part, too, is these insurance companies change, and maybe they stop uh, covering something, or they cover less on it, and that makes it difficult, too. Um, you know, I I think just health insurance in general is a real exhausting thing to deal with.
0: Yeah, it is. It- well, it's just one thing I've never heard anybody talk about and I think it's something that people should consider very seriously before they retire. And yeah. Again, I, I agree. Yeah.
3: Absolutely. And, good, and can good you switch plans? Absolutely. Uh Carol, just following up on something that you asked before or that you brought up before. Socialsecurity.gov. And then you just kinda of threw it out there when you said SocialSecurity. dot com. You'll get calls from attorneys. Why are you getting calls from attorneys? I mean, I have an idea why. Claims uh, denied, things like that. If but they
2: are right, if it's a disability claim, and even if the claim wasn't denied, they, you know, they, it's their website. It's your website that you set up, and you can monitor what comes in that website, and you know what goes on it, and um, and they're able to extract information from that. I mean, we've had people call the office and complain. That, you know, I was looking at some disability information and now I've got all these people calling and bugging me and why, why are you giving my number out? We're not. Yeah. You're obviously not on the .gov site and now you're going to get these calls and people. And, you know, they're probably the majority of them are legit businesses that help people file for disability, but you don't have to pay somebody to help you file a disability claim. The office will help you do that. And you can do it online. You know, most of it is: what doctors have you gone to? What treatments have you had? What meds are you on?
3: Is the success ratio good if somebody if a claim is denied and they do get an attorney?
2: If I would say, if you're going to get an attorney, wait until you're at the hearings level because that's when they go in and kind of advocate for you and speak for you. And if you so, how many
3: denials might that be? At what point you... Oh,
2: I'm sorry. Uh, well, you know, there, you, there's the first time you file for your disability, and then the second level is reconsideration, and then the third level would be a hearing. So if you're at your second denial... At that point, you'd be filing for a hearing, and if you want to get an attorney, that would be the okay. time to do it.
1: We have time, plenty of time for more calls for Carol Ritson. Social Security questions. Welcome on the Retirement Clinic, the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Number 799-1130. Here at News Talk 1130 WISN and WIBA Madison. We'll be right back. Welcome back. WISN, WIBA, the retirement clinic, that music, the sexy segment. Now, a little twist today because our guest Carol Richson joins us. And Jeff, I think we're going to get into some... We're gonna do some like stories here.
0: We've got one. I like got those. one. that's pretty good. I know okay. you
3: do. You always like the horror stories. What's the worst case that you've seen? Exactly. So, uh, so we'll get
1: to that in a second. Carol will share some of those, and sometimes that will you know help the rest of us and things to look <laughs> out for, like watch out for those that scams. They were not nuts, yeah. right? Exactly. Uh, but we've got some callers that have been calling in, and we've got a lot of time left on the show yet social security questions are welcome so let's take a few calls and then we'll get to those uh, horror stories here in a little bit uh, george from menominee falls good yeah, morning yeah,
5: hello. hi george yeah, hi hello. george at what age uh, can, uh, do you, uh are there no more limits for uh your income, income limits for uh social security
2: Income limits. Are you talking earnings? Full retirement, yeah, right, after right. full
3: retirement age.
2: Yeah, I mean, once you hit full retirement age, then you can work and earn as much money as you want. You're always going to pay FICA taxes so that, you know, they'll still take Social Security tax out of your earnings, but you can get a full Social Security check plus your full paycheck, and, you know, there's no penalty for any of that. Well, how can
5: you determine your full retirement age, then?
2: If you look on the Social Security website, it will have that on there. It's anywhere you know now between age sixty six and sixty seven, depending on your year of birth. You know, I thought
1: actually I thought we'd have a call by now, so maybe I'll just ask you, Carol. Can we go over the dates, the important ages for Social Security benefits? You know, what's the first? when can I first start collecting my benefits?
2: 62 would be the youngest age that you can file. And then uh, really any time after that, you can file. So it's up to you. I mean, if you want to file at 63 and a half, um, it's really up to you.
1: So 62 is at when I first the get my the youngest. The, 65 the is for Medicare.
2: right. If you're not working, you know, and if you're not collecting benefits, you should always file yeah, for if your, you, your Medicare. If you
3: were born between 1943 and 1954, your full retirement age is 66. If you're born in 1955, it's 66 years and two months. And for those born between 1956 and 1959, it gradually increases. And those born in 1960 or later, full retirement age is 67. But Carol, let's talk about uh, just the year in which you reach full retirement. Is there an income limit that year?
2: There is an income limit on the year that you reach full retirement age. and let me just look at my chart here the 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 numbers all changed
3: flip, flip, flip it over
2: you know they uh every year with the cost of living so the the amount that you're allowed to earn for twenty twenty is forty eight thousand six hundred dollars It's pretty generous for the year that you reach full retirement so if age. I
3: retire in February or if I retire in November, that amount is the same
2: right, so it doesn't make any difference so that's
3: so the amount you so can make you
2: know so sometimes too I mean even say your birthdays in April, if you're going to make less than $48,000 between January and April, you might even want to start taking your benefit in January. And that's where, you know, if you go on the Social Security website and do the My Social Security account for yourself, you can go in there and there's an estimator. And you can look month per month and see what those benefit amounts are going to be. Or you can call and have somebody do that for you. The closer you are to full retirement age, the smaller that reduction is, and so sometimes it might be, you know, maybe it's ten bucks. So you might want to take that benefit Grab in January, January and stay away right, until April or May, or you something. know, keep taking that benefit. Um, the the other comment I wanted to make though is, you would never want to wait until after age 70 to take benefits. Great point. You know, from full retirement age up until age 70, you get what they call delayed retirement credits, and that's an 8% increase a year. So if you're not taking your benefits, whatever it is at full retirement age, it'll go up 8% a year up until age 70. But then that stops, and you would lose money by not taking your benefit at 70. No,
3: spousal benefits, and that's a key point. You'd Mm -hmm. lose because you're not... It doesn't increase any beyond age exactly. 70. But spousal benefits are based on your full retirement age. Is that right?
2: Correct. The spouses do not get any benefit from the delayed retirement credits. So if you are going to work until age 70... It isn't, you know, it isn't as if your spouse is going to get that increase. I, I do want to just quickly throw this in, though. Widows get the benefit of delayed retirement credits. So if you do work up until okay. 70, get all that extra, you pass away before your spouse. They would get oh. then your full benefit.
3: Paul, do we have one minute for a horror story?
2: Yes. Or? George,
1: thank you for the call. The floor is yours. Let's hear it.
2: Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of them, but um, I don't know why. This one always sticks with me. You know, people get divorced, and sometimes everything is fine, and the family gets along well, and then other times not so much. Yeah. And we had a guy come in, and uh, I worked at an office at the time that was across the street from a bar, and on Friday <laughs> nights... <laughs>
3: this, is the, this is a bad setup to begin well, with. You
2: know, on Friday nights, the guys would go to the bar after work, 3.30 or so, and throw back a few, and then we, we of course, were open until 4.30, and sometimes they were there earlier... So a lot of times they would like to come in, and by that point they could be a little argumentative. But, uh, but I had a guy come in one time, and he just was really angry. He had found out that his wife, ex-wife, could possibly get some benefits on his record, and he, you know, and I talked to him and explained it to him, and he kind of stormed out of there. And he said, "Well, I'm never going to stop working because I don't want that B to get anything on my record." <laughs> You know, and and uh, he, he just was furious. And she
3: really, he has no control over he, that. He
2: doesn't. And the thing is, is you know, with a spouse, you have to you have to be collecting your benefits before your spouse can collect on your record. When you're divorced, as long as you're at least sixty two and your ex is at least sixty two, if that benefit is higher, because people, you know, people get really upset about that. That I don't want this person getting money on my record. First of all, it doesn't take anything away. That's from right. You. You know, that's that's the key thing, right. But second of all, um, if I'm going to get more money on my own record, I don't want to take a portion of my ex-spouses. So with all the women out there working today and making good incomes – we don't see as much of that as we used to, but he was pretty angry. It was, fun. It was- get liquored up as before he kept the, the, the social security across the yeah.
1: street. Yeah. All right, that good stuff. And by the way, a lot of calls came in when we come back off the air. If you've got more social security questions, we'll give you that information. How to reach out to Jeff at the Cowell Investment Group? It's all coming up next as we continue the retirement clinic on WISN and WIVA. Welcome back. The Retirement Clinic closing its doors for this week, but we've got a minute to say thank you to Carol Richson. Remember, socialsecurity.gov is that website. Thank you, Carol.
2: Thank you.
3: It's, always it's always, fun to be here. And it's fun to have you too, and you have great insights too, great stories. Thank I appreciate you. it. And the information is always correct. And if you need to reach Carol, you can get her through our office. Uh, if you have $750,000 or more, you're close to already in retirement, and you're serious about your retirement planning. Think about the Coal Investment Group. We have have our website thekowalway.com, K O W A L. You can click a button, get started with us. But the Kowal Way means that we always put our clients' interests first. That's always been most important to us, and it's a way of life from top to bottom. Everybody in our office always puts our clients' interests first. That's the Kowal Way, and you can get to us at thekowalway.com. dot com. Don't forget social media. Oh yeah, Out Twitter. There. That's right. Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Or you can call our office, the old-fashioned way, 262-522-4040 877-560-4040.
1: And also, in Milwaukee, WISN, market updates twice
3: a day, 3 and 5 p.m. Everybody have a great weekend. Jeff, thank you so much.
5: Thank you, Paul.